Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Malzahn should release a video of him like riding Space Mountain right now. Just being like, what's going on at Auburn, huh? <laughs> with his eyes, Pat Forty. Even by Auburn standards, it's pretty wild. Here's Pat. Hi, welcome to the pod, and we'd like to give a full pod thank you. Tip of the cap. You are appreciated. You are loved. Hell, I might send a Valentine. Auburn football helping us through the offseason. <laughs> Never change, Tigers. <laughs> Never change. I have a theory. One of the reasons you're not in China is you just knew instinctively that Auburn was going to do something <laughs> ridiculous as it does basically like on a scheduled basis uh, here. And so you needed to be home to handle the latest from Auburn. If Appreciate chocolate it. flowers show up at the, at the football offices, it was us guys. Just, just to let you know. <laughs> That's right. My work is here. My, I'm needed here. I can't leave the great people of America at this moment when Auburn is potentially trying to fire its coach or not. Auburn president, Jay, how do you say his name? Gog? I don't know whether it's Gog or around. Go. He's out. Know. He's going. Yes, he's, he is. Auburn he president, is. Jay, going. He's going to, because he's leaving, is, quote, trying to separate fact from fiction inside the football program. I'll tell you what you don't do, Auburn president. Don't file a Freedom of Information Act with your school because they'll never respond. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> That's the I'm truth. Not, they aren't going to help anybody from my outside separate fact from fiction there. I feel better about all my years reporting on Auburn that the damn president can't separate fact from fiction <laughs> at that place. Whatever they're telling you, Auburn President Jay, gog going, get out of here. <laughs> they're lying. <laughs> they do not want you to know what's going on there. They don't want anybody to know. That's the, the Auburn credo. I don't know. You know. Somebody needs to put it in Latin for me and put it on one of their buildings there. It's none of your business, no matter what the business is. Yeah, it's like we'd like your, um, like the football budget. Just, you know, just, or, you know, like I remember we were doing like, you know, what you spent on your bowl game. You know, they, they, there's like a form you got to fill out the NCA. Every single school responds except Auburn. <laughs> Uh, there's uh student pri health privacy. Like no one, there's no there's student health in there. It says you you got three million, you spent three point five. Like I, what? Is there a different like law to like Alabama did it, UAB did it. What's going on in Auburn? Like it's just a pretty basic thing. All right, I, this is wild. Even I mean, by Auburn standards, it's pretty wild. <laughs> they kind of have fired the coach, Brian Harson, but they haven't fired the coach. They seem they want to fire the coach. They want to fire Brian. Hart. Some people do. Seven. Somebody does. Somebody. We don't know who runs the place, but it isn't Jay going. <laughs> that guy's like, get me out of here. <laughs> Jay, get me out. President, get me out of here. So look, Auburn starts hot. Uh, they do pretty well. I mean, they're, they, they beat Arkansas at Arkansas. They beat Ole Miss. Right? They were They're sitting six and there. two with a close loss at Penn State in a wild atmosphere. Yep. And a tough loss at Georgia, but whatever. And then the wheels fall off. They lose five straight. But like uh, as of like at Halloween into early November, you're going, hey, you know, Brian Harson won the bad hire. You know, he's a proven coach, got some experience at Boise State. He's going to settle into this thing. First year coaching down the South. 
uh, and then the wheels come off. They lose at A&M, and they lose to Mississippi State, which really shouldn't be a, a, you know, a total disaster, but they lost, and then they lose at South Carolina. Then they have Bama beat, and Brian Harson does a horrible job coaching the end of that game. We were all over him. Uh, we had nothing, say something nice. We had nothing nice to say about his late game <laughs> management. Gives Alabama that game. They should have won that game. Uh, then they lose in the uh, Birmingham Bowl to Houston, 17-13. So they, they end up six and seven. More notably, like 20 players quit. They transfer. Uh, both coordinators transfer, including one who was there five weeks. Derek Mason is the defensive coordinator. He leaves for Oklahoma State, which is not... You know, that's that's a lateral move at best, and he's a highly respected guy in the in the SEC. Um, the recruiting class isn't good enough. Fourteenth nationally, but I think it's eighth in the in the uh, in the SEC. Signed nobody on the February signing day. Signed nobody. Got no top one hundred players, I believe. And so, yeah, it's struggle. But now they're looking for ways. They owe Brian Harson what nineteen million dollars? Yeah, they owe they owe a ton because. He was brand new because they just paid a ton to make the last coach go away. That was Gus Malzahn. And so between the two of them, if you're firing them both for cause or without cause, I'm sorry, Malzahn was that guy, uh, then you are looking at $40 million over two seasons for two different coaches, which even by Auburn standards is <laughs> the definition of lunacy. That'll buy you every Waffle House from, you know, <laughs> From Birmingham to to, to Atlanta and it, and back every Waffle House and one would think a few cover corners and a running back and whatever else you may need to not be six and seven next year. The initial investment, the the Waffle House has a franchise fee of about two hundred to three hundred thousand, <laughs> and then you got to fix the place up and all that. At most, high end according to this, I'm looking at one million dollars. Do you really have about to 40... fix the place up? Is there such a thing as fixing up <laughs> a Waffle House? It's got to look house? like a Waffle House. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's got to still have a slippery floor from the grease and the stools, <laughs> right? Important. And the, the big-ass menu that's laminated and the big stove where you scatter, smother, and cover, but you're not Listen, creating a steakhouse. Well, okay. No, you're not. Um, uh, uh, initial investment up to a million. Put that in a rural area. It's going to be less. But let's let's go high end. They could have bought 40 Waffle Houses. <laughs> I know everyone goes, oh, my, our boosters have the money. Like, what do you people do? How'd you, you're supposed to be smart and you're paying $40 million to fire two coaches? Yeah. Plus all the staff. That thing's going to go over $40 million. I, I mean, And then the lawsuit that's going to come. I mean, it appears they're looking for reason to fire with cause. Yes. So, so they're now in, in a bit of irony beyond the scope I can't even describe. Auburn is trying to find violations inside its athletic department. <laughs> Auburn. Cam Newton University. <laughs> yes. Suddenly vigilant, looking out for misdeeds, policy violations, procedural missteps. They have no chance of firing him with cause unless there is, uh, I don't know what you could, you're going to have to come up with something pretty good. Right. It's like well, that Hoover High School football, like they're running drugs through for the cops or something <laughs> like you got to have something good. They never fired any coach that got in trouble with anything, including the basketball coach who they smartly stuck with and has the number one team in America. Yeah. I like, I, I mean, I will take the case of Brian Harson if he gets fired with cause. I'll be just like, OK, uh, exhibit one <laughs> basketball. <laughs> I don't blame him for keeping Bruce Pearl. He's the best coach they've ever had. Keep him. Going great. NCAA's toothless now. Whatever. I don't care. Good. But you can't have Bruce Pearl stick through, hire him after show cause, stick with him through various things, celebrate him, give him a new deal in like six hours because Louisville fired their coach. Yeah. And then sit there and go, we're not. This is, we got to fire you. <laughs> Sorry. It says right here, uh, you said on your expense report that uh, I don't know. All I know is this is hysterical. Um, but at the same time, I kind of get it. He's probably not the guy. Yeah. I mean, sure. <laughs> That's the problem. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's going to get fired next year. I've already figured out the date when they get rid of him, Dan. If they can't oh. get rid of him for cause here, if, they, if the buyout lowers, you know, to a point where it's just not nauseating, they open next year with five in a row at home. 
including Penn State, returns the game. They go back down there. They have a chance for a decent start there. But then October is like boom, 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 three weeks in a row, tough SEC road games. It's like Georgia, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. You lose three of those, you got a bye week after the October 15th game. Bang, you get rid of him then, and you you bring back Kevin Steele or whoever it is the boosters want and uh, circle the wagon, circle the eagle around the stadium and go from there. But So the loss to A&M and Coach Slice Bread is going to do him in? <laughs> slice Bread does him. Gets him. Slice, gets guys. Gets, slice Bread is lethal, man. <laughs> I, I don't think he – look, here's the thing. Uh, he, he's probably not the guy, but you can't uh, uh, like at this point, you either have to fire him. I mean, there's just no chance. No, like if you, you are literally saying we're trying to fire him, which is what's going on. What recruit is going to be like, I'm interested in this program. And you say, well, Brian Harson is not a good enough recruiter. I agree so far. And that is devastating in the SEC because if you do not get players, you will end up losing. But I mean, this is the team that has to play. Bama and Georgia every year. Them and Tennessee played Bama and Georgia every year. And they also got AM, LSU on the schedule every year. I mean, it's, it's a tough road. And Auburn does a tremendous job navigating that road most years. You have to have players. And the everyone else is recruiting like gangbusters. I expect LSU. But I mean, if you sit there and say, all right, look, we think this guy's a good coach. He's going to, we hire him from Boise State. And we know it's going to take a little while to get into the SEC recruiting flow. Like that had to have been thought of before. And yeah, that first class wasn't what we wanted. But the way to make sure the second class isn't what you wanted is basically say we're firing you. <laughs> if we can, if we can afford it. Like, this seems even worse. It's like we don't really have the money. We're hoping SUNY Lee kicks in because she's got all the dough. Pass the plate around at the, at the, at the gymnastics arena. <laughs> That's right. Pass the plate. And if there was every year just to be quiet and not be all fighting and like causing drama, you have the number one basketball team in the country. You can absolutely win the national championship. Not only are they number one, they're really fun. It is a fun basketball team. And you have the freaking Olympic gold medalist gymnast filling your arena. Like there's plenty to do. Plenty to do. All the boosters should have been like, all right, we're just going to kick back and enjoy this. We'll let this sort out. We don't need to like cause our typical mayhem right now because we're bored. There's nothing to do around here. I mean, as is often the case with, with Auburn, there's a lot of layers here. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of palace intrigue, a lot going on. And I do have to say also, so you, I, real quick, my freedom of information experience with Auburn. <laughs> This is two years ago when I first filed to try to get the uh, notice of allegations from the NCAA. And I was on campus for the SEC Swimming Championship. So I went every day for three straight days to the keepers of the records. The first day, like, oh, yeah, we'll look into that. Second day, uh, no. Third day, no. Anyway, continued on. You know, this was the, the, the excuse, the cloak was ongoing investigation. This is a private document because it's part of an ongoing investigation. Meanwhile, every other public school and several private schools that were nailed in the uh, the FBI case uh, produced their notices of allegations. Auburn didn't even acknowledge having one. I mean, this is the law. Yeah, it's the law. I mean, it's, it's the, the law. law. Yeah. Like, and, we, and there's a reason fans sometimes get upset about the freedom of information because they want reporters to find like stuff like what's the... <laughs> Like, you're literally just trying to get the notice of allegations. It's not like you're That's digging it. through someone's bank account, right? right? You just want to know what they were accused of. You want this law, unless you want <laughs> yes, your you city do. council never having to say what they did today. Exactly. Yeah. If you Try to keep information, people from operating in complete secrecy. Yeah, your city council will no longer have public meetings. And they'll just hand over the tow truck contract to their buddy. For, I mean, like, th that's just what every politician wants is no freedom of information. As White Goodman Absolutely. said on Dodgeball, the, the hippies got something right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, these are these are pretty simple requests. First, yeah. Fast forward to they have their hearing before the NCAA Committee on Infractions. They don't tell anybody they had the hearing. There's no evidence they had the hearing, but they had the hearing, at which time I went back to Auburn and said, okay. This is not an ongoing investigation. The investigation ended months ago. The hearing was on the results of the investigation. Give me the document. 
No, it's still an ongoing investigation. No, it's not. No, it's not. But they said it was. And so they managed to keep the entire thing quiet through I don't know how many recruiting cycles. The fact that Bruce Pearl was charged with level one violations, schools charged with level one violations, skated on all that just because they didn't feel like they had to tell anybody. So maybe yeah. it's genius. Maybe it's genius. Anyway, I mean, now. if I was in charge of Auburn, I'd do the same thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just, That's why I mean, you're not I'm in not, charge of any inst exactly. higher educational institution. I'm just saying, like, everyone else complies because it's the law. I got to take it up with the law. You got a lot of dumbass laws in Alabama, man. I'm sure you can find one on this. It's a, it's a law. You get money, you, you're public, you're public. Right? You don't like it, go private. Right now, they, they, they just stayed public and stayed quiet. But anyway, so... As is, this is history just repeating itself and repeating itself and repeating itself at Auburn. Boosters decide what they want to do and then just go behind whoever the administrators are and try to do what they want to do. And the hell with protocol, policy, chain of command, any of that stuff. This goes back to 2003 when they tried to hire Bobby Petrino uh, while Tommy Tuberville was still the coach. This goes to last year when Gus Malzahn was pushed out. And lo and behold, like immediately, Kevin Steele's going to get the job. Kevin Steele's got everything lined up. He's got he's got the staff. He's got everything. Well, where was you think that was coming from? That was coming from the boosters who wanted Kevin Steele, who helped push out Gus Malzahn. That didn't happen. Alan Green, the athletic director, who is not an Auburn guy, took the job, comes down there, stands up and says, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do our own deal. They do a search, they come up with, oh my God, an outsider. A guy from Boise, Brian Harson. They bring him in. And then to toot their own horn, they went to the to AL.com and gave a sourced story on how the investigator, the 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 coaching search went down and how the administration went and got their guy. It was basically like the finger to the boosters. Like, yeah, this is how we did it. Well, lo and behold, Brian Harson, outsider, never very popular to begin with. Six and two start. Okay, fine. Tolerated. Things go downhill from there. You can start seeing the wheels turning behind the scenes. Here come the boosters again. Tank Bigsby runs out of bounds for Auburn in the Iron Bowl, giving Alabama just enough time to go down and score and put the game into overtime. Harson makes a terrible decision not to go for two with his limping quarterback in that game in overtime. They lose. Alabama goes to the playoff. Auburn goes to whatever sorry bowl game they go to. They lose. Recruiting suffers. Assistants leave. Bang. Here we are again. Guess what? Guess guess what? When the news was being leaked all of a sudden on about Harson being in trouble. Where do you think it came from? The boosters that didn't want him to begin with. Then again, Sunday night. Sunday night. Oh, he's in his. It could happen anytime now. He's out. He's out. Well, Garrett, where do you think that was probably coming from? The boosters. Because today, Auburn's putting out a statement saying no decisions have been made. And we have to put out that statement to shut up the damn boosters who won't keep ta won't quit talking to the media. Well, we That's like how it works at Auburn. The media. Let's, let's, yeah, we're in favor of this. Uh, yes, we Not are. Not a good way to run we, your business. No. But, we're always in um, favor of talking to the media, but, but perhaps be accurate. It's not, this, as opposed to just what you wish was happening. This is uh, the problem with Auburn, and when, when you talk to coaches, it's like, who, who are you working for down there? Who's my boss, right? right. Like, the job one, when you get a job, you want to know who the boss is. <laughs> and down there, yeah, you'd be like 50 guys, and it's probably not the guy that's supposedly the boss. You know, this is what scares, like, Brent Venables away, right? Yeah. I guess Kevin Steele will be the guy. If this, if, if this Civil War wins out for, for the Kevin Steele faction, they basically just waited a year and then got what they wanted. Yeah. Maybe that's the case. But other than that, like you scare away quality candidates when you act this way, because Absolutely. it's not that Auburn's not a great place to work and you're going to get tons of money. But there, if you're that level of a of a candidate at Auburn, you're also going to have a chance to go somewhere else. And so you're Brent Venerables. You're like, I don't want Auburn. I'll go to Oklahoma. Where they ne like no coach has ever left until Lincoln Riley, and it's calm and as crazy as their boosters are, they get they get you know whipped into shape and get uh, no. You have a strong entrenched athletic director at Oklahoma. Right. This is how we do there. things at Oklahoma, and this is it. And you got he's got the support, and you're not you're not sitting there saying uh, you know we're going to fire Lincoln Riley because they got blown out by Georgia one time. So. Kevin Steele is a match made in heaven, though, with Auburn, because if, if this does happen, he goes from Maryland to Miami to Auburn in a matter of a month. <laughs> yeah, like, right, right. 
right? And that's that's not even including his his uh, high dollar coffee break at uh, Tennessee. I, I did say I did incorrectly state that it was two hundred fifty. I think it was closer to a million on, on the podcast earlier. By the way, I it thought was, he got paid seven hundred fifty grand to be the yeah, interim coach yeah. at Tennessee. I, I said without ever actually but coaching. It was more seven fifty. Yeah, I got. I'm looking forward to getting to know more about Kevin Steele. I do not know him, but this well, guy is. He's the bell of the ball, huh? I mean, <laughs> there's three things to know about Kevin Steele. First of all, the one time he was a head coach, he was at Baylor when Baylor was god awful, and he made the worst single call in the history of college football, where they're beating UNLV in the final seconds, and to make a statement on the one yard line, they go for one more touchdown, and the dude fumbles going over the top, and UNLV runs it back all the way to win the game. So there was that, wow, and then UNLV he got fired. won a game. All right. Yeah, yeah. He got fired because, you know, they were terrible. And so then he goes to become the defensive coordinator. And the best thing to be at Auburn is a successful coordinator because the boosters behind the scenes will say, oh, you're better than the head coach. Let's get rid of the head coach. Let's hire you. And then the third thing is that Kevin Steele has coached everywhere in the last year. It's uh, it's an impressive. He's gone from Auburn to Tennessee to Maryland to Miami to maybe back to Auburn. Dude is single and ready to mingle. <laughs> don't unpack kevin Steele coming through have whistle will travel somewhere I mean, it's amazing well, career they've decided Absolutely he amazing is the career. greatest coaching candidate like of all time i i hope he is i hope he is this is gonna be good i i, I look it i just this is just wild like either fire the guy or don't but you're if you're stuck in this limbo like if they don't get rid of brian harson they're got they've gotten rid of brian let's put it this way they have gotten rid of brian harson if Alabama treated Nick Saban this way early in his thing, remember he lost to like, didn't he lose to like Louisiana Monroe? Yeah. And, you know, now his second recruiting class was really good. And if, if Harson had signed the classes, they'd all be happy. But like, if at, there's no coach that can overcome this, I don't think. No. Like, yeah. I mean, just, it's a total, you're now he, he in like, to, to take Brian Harson, I don't want to make him too big of a victim because he's sitting on a $19 million payout or something. Uh, which is like half of which is due in like 30 days. Like Auburn, yeah. I'll give Auburn. They pay their bills. <laughs> and they keep paying them and keep paying them and keep paying them. <laughs> they, it was, I appreciate that. There's no like, we'll pay, uh, you know, 112 grand every month for the next like 43 years. Um, it's like, oh, here you go. Cut the check. Get the hell out of here, Gus. <laughs> Malzahn should release a video of him like riding Space Mountain right now. Just being like, what's going on at Auburn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a fast pass for life down here. <laughs> Stacks of money. Orlando Should be throwing like theme parks. Right. Doing like the Aaron Hernandez touchdown dance, like the single, just throwing singles up in the air off of some Disney World roller coaster. Auburn is considering spending up to $40 million to hire a guy whose four year record as a head coach is nine and 36 and one and 31 in Big 12 play. That's what they're considering. If that ain't Auburn, I don't know what is. It's it's amazing because they, they, I mean, this is a school that, uh, undefeated season in the 90s, undefeated season in 2003, wins the national championship in 2010 with Cam Newton. Yep. On the transfer season. portal of all transfer portals. <laughs> the Hilton Garden Inn in Starkville. <laughs> Comes back in 2013, plays for the national title. Yeah. And it's it, it has immense potential. It's very close to uh, to Atlanta. If you don't know the geography, Auburn's, I don't know, what do you think, two hours from downtown Atlanta? Not even? Yep, yep. Two, uh, yeah, two hours from downtown, from the airport, less than that. I mean, it is... Great access to South Georgia, which has yeah. an incredible though. Great access to the panhandle of Florida, North Florida. Right, they do great. That. And it should. You shouldn't recruit. You should have a better recruiting class. And that's I, I'm not I'm not here to defend Brian Harson, but the Napoleonic complex. Down it's there. hard dealing there with Alabama that. right now, but that's going to change. Like he's Saban's not going to be there forever. I mean, for how many did uh, Tuberville win in a row? Five or six or seven or something? I think it was like five. He, I think it was five. Beat yeah. well, five Iron Bowls in a row. That's of course they wanted to fire his ass too. Tried behind his back. <laughs> Sure did. It's a great I, I will place. never forget that one. I was there in 2003 for the Iron Bowl, and they win. Brilliant performance. Win the game, and afterwards, like, the Auburn staff is in the 
interview room and a lot of the wives were in there and they're crying and you're like, oh, they're so overcome with emotion because they've won the Iron Bowl. No, they knew they were getting fired or sensed that they were getting fired. And it wasn't until later in the week. And actually, I broke the story with Eric Crawford the, the next week about them having made the secret run to Louisville to try to get Bobby Petrino. But, I mean, that was that was all going on behind the scenes. It was yeah. remarkable. I, I mean, they kind of succeed in spite of themselves. But, it, it look, it's a great school. It's great location. It's got uh, the stadium and the fans are incredible. We've said this on we said this over and over. I, I think it's the most underrated game day atmosphere in the country. Yeah. It is awesome. It's really awesome. People always talk, ask me where in the SEC should I go watch a game? And I'm always like, almost all of them are great. Yeah. And you really don't, you know, there's a lot of people that take trips just for the fun of it. But I'm like, Auburn, man, you're there. It's fantastic. Yeah. But it's just like, guys need to like, just tone down the crazy. <laughs> you're not helping. That's the thing. No. Like you're, you're, you're the, the longer it goes on, the more you fall behind. Right. And that's I mean, that's the issue. And that's the you know, thing is you you yes, you get yourself to a place where I mean, and maybe Kevin Steele would be the savior, but you get yourself to a place where Kevin Steele becomes the guy you end up with or somebody like him who hadn't been a head coach in 20 years and whose one stint at it was terrible. They also have to start paying the players. And I mean, they are not a, a natural NAL. They do not dominate their state. They're the second team in their state and they're in a tiny town. Now, I know a lot of NIL is just a wink and a nod, you know, so they, they it's not the obvious, you know, hey, congratulations, we're the pro football team in Austin, <laughs> right? There's going to be some opportunities here that we're not even, we don't even have, that aren't just on the, uh, you know, on the fix. Let, let me ask you this, your opinion, gentlemen. Has the Auburn crazy been amped up another level by the fact that now they're both, their biggest rivals have now won, both won championships back to back? I mean, I know Alabama drives them crazy, but now Georgia too. I mean, Georgia now has won a title. They're surrounded. They got to play those schools every year. And well, and so in the last, uh, I mean, look at all their rivals won it. Clemson is sort of a rival. And, and I think they look at Clemson and go, what the hell? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, yeah, we could similar, be, we should be Clemson. They're two similar hours university from, profile. Right. Auburn. Similar things. Like what the hell is this? And then LSU won the other one. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of fun since 13, not a lot of fun for Auburn fan around the office. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, but I mean, the place has immense potential. Let me say this though. And we've talked about it. This is a little bit of when people say, Oh, let's get rid of group of five as the sec expands. And if they start playing more games with each other, and you bring in two more behemoths. Every one of these schools thinks they should be going eleven and one. And there's a little thing called math <laughs> that uh, does not allow that. It's does a zero sum game. What some teams go up, that means others must go down. Yeah, like it's and, and if you take away a game, if you take away a non-conference game and you add Texas to the thing, you're probably going to man. You go fifty-fifty against them. Good for you. It just becomes harder. And uh, that's the thing about the NFL. Like you, they, they are able to rig it so that Cincinnati Bengals can win two games, four games, Super Bowl. You don't, once you get down, it's hard to get up. And it's, you, there just isn't that ability. It's these expanded conferences, man. Somebody's going to, someone's going to get hit on this. And, sure. and it'll be different times. But you're Auburn and you're, you're looking up right now at everybody. And, and it's amazing because Auburn's a great program, but all of a sudden. No, to your point, Pat, I think you're, you're right, though. They're, they're, they're hearing footsteps, and they're seeing the, the rivals' rankings and see that A&M and Georgia and Alabama are right there at the top. Yeah. And then you don't have to go very far to find OU in Texas. Like, and Ole Miss has got it popping, yeah. and Arkansas is winning, and uh, they beat Arkansas and Ole Miss. But, you know, yeah. and then – what happens LSU going to be back and yeah it's it's a, it's it is incredibly cutthroat when your expectations are 10 and 2 let's put it that way i think you keep your job if you go 10 and 2 there yeah but Gus Malzahn was not popular at the end nope and no, he, and he, he not. beat Alabama 3 times yeah he's the only guy to beat Nick Saban 3 times since Nick Saban's been at Alabama right right so, so. still wasn't Dicey, good enough. tricky times for Auburn and i don't believe you're going about it the right way all that said, you're probably going to have to fire Brian Harson at some point. So, you know. All that said, the pod thanks you for thank you doing your civic duty, man. Yeah. Rip that $40 million band aid.
<laughs> you know, it's a good thing that there's nothing in, in uh, Alabama that could use or anywhere else could use a couple, you know, charitable donations or anything. You know, public education system nah, is perfect. Nah, all that. Yeah, nah. we don't need it. Got to get um, rid of the football coach. All right. Gets a little juicy up at Michigan. Harbaugh yeah. back. We've talked about that. Some of it's been kind of funny. Like, Har- like Harbaugh didn't get offered the job. Can we just be clear about that? I guess this bitch, Harbaugh's coming back. Uh, that's like you go ask a supermodel out and she <laughs> throws a drink in your face. It's like, yeah, you came back. <laughs> what were you going to do? <laughs> yep. I've been here all along, honey. Right here next to you. Yep. <laughs> yes. I also applied for the Vikings job, did not get it. I'm back in the podcast, but I am committed to the podcast. <laughs> However, Josh Gaddis, their offensive coordinator, and obviously had a good good deal this year, and he was potentially someone who had a shot at the job if Harbaugh left. We don't know all of the palace drama at this point or the intrigue, but Josh Gaddis is out. He leaves and is going to the University of Miami to be the offensive coordinator. Credit to Mario Cristobal, who played, did the long play looking for his guy. Gaddis is a young, uh, you know, pretty highly thought of offense coordinator. Like, that's a good staff pickup for Miami. Uh, and on his way out, Gaddis texts to his players. Unfortunately, the past few weeks has told a different story to me about different story to me about the very little appreciation I have here from the administration in life. I would never advise anyone to be where they are not wanted. So I think he uh, certainly had the possibility of not getting that job. If he thought Harbaugh, this is the, this is what happened. We talked like how some, there's a, there's a reaction to what, to the reactions, right? You can't just go interview in the NFL and come back with nothing. Now I think Harbaugh will get through it, but here's, here's rattle. Number one in a vacuum, uh, nature abhors a vacuum, and there was a vacuum in Michigan, and everyone started positioning to see who's getting the job that never opened. And now all of a sudden, you're without an offense coordinator, also without their defensive coordinator, too. Went back to the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm not going to say Michigan's about to crumble because they lost their coordinators. Jim Harbaugh is the coach, but kind of kind of interesting. Uh, extremely interesting. And to me, I, I, there certainly are no Mensa members on this podcast. Uh, perhaps our listeners may qualify. We do not, but I don't think you have to be a Mensa member to look at that and say, Josh Gaddis knew he was not going to get that job if Jim Harbaugh had left. Whether that means Michigan was going to look outside at Luke Fickle or Matt Campbell or PJ Fleck, I don't know, or whether it means Mike Hart had been prioritized inside ahead of him. Uh, Mike Hart, a true Michigan man and Somebody who's been, you know, I think very valuable to a couple of staffs that have done very well at Indiana and at uh, at Michigan. So that, that that seems to be the case is that that he didn't feel like he had a shot at that job. And it is interesting. Gosh, I mean, you just you would love to know, you know, what were the 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 contingency plans for for Ward Manual there? And obviously, Josh Gass didn't seem to have fit in it. But yeah, look, that's the place where. When I was there in October working on the Harbaugh story, it was like fun, man. Everything was fun. Everybody was together. We all love football. And now you're walking out with the offensive coordinator napalming on his way out the door. Uh, The defensive coordinator who was part of the Harbaugh and Harbaugh associated uh, loaner program uh, is gone. And Jim Harbaugh has to go back and, yes, make up with everybody that he probably would have been ready to walk out on. Uh, you don't know for sure, but if he had gone to the Vikings, so some interesting uh, transition and a little bit of of uh, fence mending. It seems like needs to probably happen in Ann Arbor. You got to work that out and uh, and see where it see where it goes to. Yeah, like I said, there is work to do at Michigan, but uh, still kind of still kind of comical the whole thing. How big of a win is that for Miami though? Tyler Van Dyke was a stud at the end of the year. Like I feel he like was. that's a really good combo moving forward for it's that. good man people uh, see uh, you know people love josh gaddis i think it also shows for miami fans that they are an attractive i mean i don't know maybe gaddis had to go at this point but and this was the job that was open but they they're, they're gonna be for a long time miami relied on the fact that they just had all this talent local right they didn't invest in their program they don't even have an on-campus stadium they didn't invest in coaches salaries they didn't they didn't go do the things you need to do and they just kind of counted on the fact that, you know, they'd just land all these kids from Dade County and Broward County and they'd win. But the game changed. Now, I think you do look at it if you're a Miami fan, like, all right, we're going to have a top staff. 
obviously they're they've got all sorts of nil opportunities they're putting money into this again and crystal ball is not just there to like like he's shooting for the top you know they're going to be good his recruiting was really good for his first class he had a small class so they rank high but their per talent rating is really good and I would expect they ha- they they start cleaning up in South Florida on a late start, right? So on a yeah. very late start, you know, yeah. born and raised in the county of Dade, they they want to play for the U, and uh, they're gonna. I, I I think they're gonna absolutely clean up next year, and I think it's gonna have, as we said, ramifications around the country because Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State can't just come down there and grab a bunch of really good players. It's gonna be harder, if not shut off. Yeah. And they're going to have to go somewhere else to find those talent or we're going to eat. If you want a little more parody in college football, be a Miami Hurricane fan. For sure. And yeah. be, an, be a USC Trojan fan. Though Lincoln Riley and Mario Cristobal can do more now that we're stuck with the playoff for longer. Like the rest of us are counting on those programs to to stop the flow of just elite, all the elite talent going to a few programs. Yes. No, it's absolutely the it's a it's a new day, new opportunity at Miami. The the word used over and over and over by coaches is we want alignment. And it looks like Miami is aligned and very aggressive. Spend a lot of money. They're going to spend a lot of money on staff. They're going to spend a lot of money on NIL. Uh, They are going big back after a return to prominence here. Uh, And as you said, the recruiting backyard is just there for the taking as it is for USC and SoCal. And if you take it, you should be absolutely be in the top 10. And, you know, in some years, then you break the top five and you make the playoff. So I, I, I think that was a big statement by Cristobal to go get Gaddis and, uh, you know, some of the other work that they've done there. And I just I do think that they are poised to have that kind of alignment that allows them to get back into into the high end of college football relatively quickly. I got a story for you. It hails from Ireland, reading the Irish Mirror. The Irish Mirror, all right. Irish Mirror, okay. We're about, we don't have any more mirror papers left in America, do we? No, no. The Irish Mirror turns the turns the focus right on the Irish, and this is, uh, this is a great one. Yeah. This has been multiple movie plots. This is what's great about this. So there was a, a guy named uh, Peter Doyle, and uh, it's great. <laughs> that doesn't P- sound like an Irish name at all. Uh, this is how... This is how Irish it is. It's spelled P-E-A-D-A-R. Oh, all right. Right? That is Irish. That's very uh-huh. Gaelic. Peter Doyle, 66. Um, and he has a nephew, Declan Haunahy. Or Haunahy. <laughs> okay. Or whatever. Another. Very, very Irish. This is the Irish yes. mirror. So they're in the little little town of uh, Carlo, Ireland. One day, uh, Declan shows up with, with, with Peter. They bring him into the post office to collect his pension. And he's basically got him slumped over his shoulder. <laughs> and the, the people at the post office i guess this is where you get your pension in ireland uh were a little concerned so they alerted the authorities and uh they showed up and uh especially when he left and peter fell down uh outside and he picked him back up and it turned out that uh, peter was dead <laughs> yeah he was dead declan called allegedly He's disputing this. Allegedly. Uh, his dead uncle. His uncle dies. He hauls his dead uncle's body to the post office, tries to make him look alive so he can collect his pension check, which obviously would not be payable to a dead man. You know, the, the pension goes until death. Yeah. So he's trying to get one more check out of the guy. Cause I don't know if you could come back the next week. Cause there's like rot and stuff. Yeah. And rigor mortis. And yeah. And, uh, does not get away with it. Um, his defense, this is the greatest Declan's defense was he did not realize his uncle was dead. Set <laughs> a bender. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Could have been too much Jameson, you know? Pat, is it possible to not realize someone's dead? <laughs> I mean, there have been entire movie plots based on that, right? Yeah. Weekend at Bernie's and and otherwise, you know. Uh, but Waking uh, Ned Divine, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> what? come on, man! You can't. <laughs> like, did he watch the movies and like this might work? <laughs> 
I could just see him flipping, flipping through the channels and come on TBS and see a, a midnight showing of a 1997 movie, Waking Dead Divide, and a light bulb going off. Like, oh, <laughs> a very, buddy. a very dim bulb going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, yeah. Like, but but don't you think this has got to be a plan that was in the works for a while? Like, you're just waiting. Okay, yeah, Uncle Uncle Peter isn't doing too well, so I need to be there when he goes. So I can just grab him right away, throw him in the car, and drag him down to the post office. They definitely uh, thought this up at the pub together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you wait like, too long, like, and as you said, the effects become rather obvious. It's harder to to play this genius card. It's only going to last for a week or two. I mean, yeah, you're like, who's buying the next round of pints? And then you you're like, we're out. But you know what? My uncle died earlier today, and they owe him that pension. <laughs> That's a bar let's tab. Go, <laughs> let's carry him down to the post. Let's go get him before they drag him off to the funeral parlor. Let's let's uh, see if we can put him to work. Yeah, get. I mean, and I, I would imagine, like, look, and let me say this: if I die and I have a pension, which I do not, you can pull. You could try this if you want. <laughs> You'd be fine with I, this. You'd be fine with being a prop, not, a prop yes. in a scam. You want to risk it? <laughs> No risk it, no biscuit, man. You want to <laughs> risk it with my body? You want to carry me down to where? I, if this would, I would be like, if I'm the uncle, I'm like, this is great. I'm now internationally known as the dead guy who had a, I had a pension. I did my family well. In Ireland, you got to check a box on your on your driver's license, like organ donor, and then uh, a a pension scam. Like I, I will, <laughs> I will be a part of a pension scam after death. <laughs> this should be great news for your daughter, son, Dan. You know, I mean, can... just let them know. I don't know. I don't think they listen to the pod. But if they do, if at if you're like, if this somehow this can work and you're at my wake, just be like, hey, let's go get one more. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of bars around here that owe me around. There's a lot of people that owe me around. Go collect. Uh-huh. Yeah, go collect. Go collect. I bought a lot of rounds of booze in this country. <laughs> he, he's go still collect. for the race. Bunch of, of deadbeats out there owe me a drink. <laughs> so you can collect. Uh, there, he did an interview with the Irish Mirror. He's uh, very upset that he's been branded a murderer by the local community. That's a step in the wrong direction. I well, would that's say. I let's. Uh, yeah, I hadn't even considered that. That's probably actually the more likely scenario, as opposed to just finding your uncle dead or waiting for your uncle to die. You probably accelerated his demise. To then, well, that's certainly true. That's it. Yeah. Because yeah. I hadn't thought he might have killed him for the pension. Yeah. Seems like there's a better way. He he says the problem is he's, it's an unfair uh, accusation, but he did previously steal from his aunt. So that's why, I guess, in the town, they, they don't think much of uh, young Declan. Uh, quote, why would I want to rob my uncle? Why, why would you want to <laughs> rob anybody? Because you already he's robbed dead. your aunt. You can't get the money anyway. You're not robbing your uncle. You're robbing whoever gave him a pension. I'm 40 years of age. Yeah, I'm not a child. I'm not a young fella. Uh, I'm not a, I don't know what this word is, like a Gaelic word. Not, to walk into Hosey's with a dead man and collect his money. Am I cuckoo? Am I cuckoo? I'm not. <laughs> First off, when you're uh, when you're trying to answer that, if you have to ask that question, you probably are. <laughs> yeah. Peter used to be a Shakespearean quoting uh, uh, pigeon racer. He had racing, <laughs> racing pigeons. Really? This guy's okay. a character. This is getting even better. Shakespeare quoting pigeon racer. The priest uh, of the at the funeral. Uh, blanket coverage by the mirror. Let me just say this. <laughs> this is an incredible Mayor story. Doing yeah. a hell of a job on this. <laughs> he interviewed the priest. Like, all right. <laughs> sure. Who is this I mean, guy? there's a priest guy? on every street corner just about in Ireland anyway. So, you know. Paul Healy awesome. and uh, Alana Kindred. Excellent work, you two. <laughs> Excellent work. The priest. The priest said the trying to find the good in this. He's excited that many people in the town came out for the funeral because they had gotten so much. It was a well-attended funeral. Well, good. I'm sure they passed the hat to collection. Yeah. Hey, look at that. More people in church today than we've had in years. We just need more guys to try to pawn off their dead uncle at the post. (laughs) Not realizing. Come on, Declan. I got another another one. One more to one more to end. Unless you got something else to say on that. No, no, no. Okay. Just All another right. criminal mastermind for the pod. It's Maybe. a tough week. People are dropping dead. This is a this is the less this is also not so good. Hate to make light of a murder, but if you've listened this far into this podcast, you know what you're getting. Uh an Iowa man 
was sentenced to life behind bars for the murder of a friend. This is in the New York Post. He repeatedly ran over with a pickup truck after a fight about mayonnaise. Woo. Of course. Of course. Mayonnaise. We know it's a very contentious. Uh, well, uh, certainly. It has caused some contention on the pod. That's for sure. I hate mayonnaise. Yep. Pat likes it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm not, you know, like a wild advocate, but I, I don't I don't avoid it. And at times I actually do enjoy it. I would not get so riled up to the state of murder. <laughs> the waitress accidentally puts the mayonnaise on the sandwich. I'll just eat the Like I'm not big on harassing the hell out of. No, the you workers, know, you're not going right? to cause an indignant scene. In that I am situation. an absolutely I, I will say this. I hope if at the end of if many people hate me. Right. As, and for good reason. Yeah. But I hope they always say I punched upwards, right? Like I always am like I'm nice to the I'm not gonna kill the the poor waitress, right? She forgot. Okay. She's busy. So I, I have eaten some mayonnaise. Um, I did not kill any waitresses. I'd just like to put that out there or anybody else. Uh here's the situation. I, I deep dove on this. I have the police report, the incident report. A Wetzel investigation. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. Okay. It's uh Earl Bach. Let's see, what's his name? Christopher Earl Bach is Sounds accused like a good of- Hawkeye tight end. Yeah, he's accused of killing Caleb Solberg uh, of Moorhead, uh, Iowa, uh, sort of like the northwest part of Iowa, up uh, up kind of north of Omaha, I believe it is. Okay. Uh, yeah. Kind of, man, it's, yeah, not much going on. Up there. No, no. Sometimes <laughs> mayonnaise is the biggest incident in town. <laughs> okay, so here's the situation. Erbach and his friend Sean Johnson, not the, not the gymnast, spelled differently, also an Iowa legend. Uh, that would be that would have been a weird twist, huh? <laughs> One picture. <big gym. laughs> Sean Johnson's drinking at the scrap bar in Moorhead, Iowa. <laughs> Earl Bach and his friend Sean Johnson, no relation, were at a bar in Moorhead, Iowa. Also at this bar was Car- Caleb Solberg. All of them were drinking and had ordered some food. For some reason, and boy, what we wish we knew, Earl Bach put mayonnaise on Solberg's food. Merle B- Solberg did not like Earl Bacher messing with his food so he punched earl bacher sean johnson and earl bacher decided to leave moorhead they went to dave's old home pisgah pisgah i can't pronounce this Iowa. pisgah probably yeah pisgah yep. iowa i looked this up man pisgah iowa's got like 11 people dave's old <laughs> home is exactly what you think that place would look like in this little town right <laughs> classic midwestern little town yeah right it's terrific Earl Bacher made at least two calls to Solberg's brother to complain about the incident. <laughs> Earl Bacher threatened Solberg and Pryor. Earl Bacher threatened to set the house on fire, to shoot Solberg with his Mossberg shotgun, all sorts of stuff. They end up at the same bar. Parks outside does not enter. Uh, it goes on and on. Eventually, he runs them over twice with a car. They were letting people... Okay, so the two guys are in there. They started fighting. Everyone just let them fight outside because it was deemed just another bar fight. Dave's mm. old arm, man. Nobody <laughs> You guys are wailing on each North, other. Northwest Iowa justice. Here we go. Yeah. They yeah, fight, fight over, over that water, So mayonnaise is not that big of a stretch. <laughs> um, he runs him over dead. Now he's got life in prison. Okay. Is the proper punishment here to make this man eat mayonnaise every day? <laughs> or am I just like too involved in the Chinese Olympics? <laughs> yes. Yes. And yes, probably. But. Uh, you know, I will say it is it is um, classic pod here. I guess that we are debating that whether the grisly murderer of of somebody should be forced to eat mayonnaise is fine. I certainly I would hope life behind bars is part of the punishment. And if you want to add daily intake of mayonnaise to the uh, equation, um, that that would perhaps is that cruel be and fitting. unusual punishment, or do you just sit there and say, look, that's how we serve it at the prison. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't get the order off the menu here. You get what you get, a bologna sandwich or whatever, right? Fortunately, I've never had prison food, but I would imagine you, it's mayonnaise would step it up a little bit. So, <laughs> Wouldn't you think? You probably don't no. want to waste the money on mayonnaise. No. Hey. What, what would, what would, I mean, I hate to speak ill of the dead, but why would you throw mayonnaise on a dude's food? Like, what is that? Like, you just got nothing to do? So you're like, I think, you know what? Saw you ordered the club sandwich. Well, you we are missing some, some key information here. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Like the the we motive behind this, the Irish mirror to get on this story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah the much better reporting behind the, the unprovoked mayonnaise attack, or whether it was provoked or what. 
the the newspaper situation in America is not as good as the Irish. Clearly, oh, Clearly. I, I, Omaha, get up there. Yeah. <laughs> I need an Omaha pay, story on this. Des Moines, Sioux City, Ames, Ames Tribune. What's yeah. the quit quit cuck in your water? Drive all quit the way across. Talking the state. about your water and get down to the bottom of this story. That's what happened at Dave's old home? Yeah. <laughs> but it's. If you think about the number of decades in which mayonnaise was such a benign part of American culture, and now all of a sudden, like we have, we have not just murder, but we have football coaches being having buckets of it dumped on them in like this celebrated oh, yeah. bowl game moment. This is this is a boom time for mayonnaise. Or mayonnaise is a wedge time. issue now in America, in, in the May- heart of America, in the middle <laughs> of America, where mayonnaise is a bastion of, of food. And and culinary delight in Iowa, I would imagine. So, ooh, <laughs> this true. is this is this is really really. If you could sum up America right now, it's just the fact that we're fighting over mayonnaise in the heart of America. <laughs> People are that losing might be their Sully's lives. Finest little soliloquy. That was in really sweet. History. That was really that was really sweet, Sully. Yeah. Sully nice. Sully's cultural commentary on mayonnaise as a wedge issue. There it is. Dave's old home, good food, and the coldest beer in Harrison County. Okay. I want to go to Dave's old home. I don't know, man. I'm I'm going to take a pass. Yeah, I think I might miss that too. Well, mind your own business. <laughs> Dudes get run over in the parking lot. That know? was there was a fight. The fight happened in Moorhead. Let me see. Looking at the menu here: Easter special, turkey or ham, mashed potatoes and gravy, green bean casserole, and a dinner roll, all for seven ninety five. All right, huh? I might consider showing up. Starting March 5th, salad bar is back. Oh, there we go. I'm not touching the salad bar. <laughs> Saturday night, Cajun brisket. This is oh, the Valentine's no, no, Day no, special. No, 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 We're not eating Cajun brisket in they're Iowa. A, they're romantics there at Dave Home. They have a, a, a Valentine's Day special. Cajun brisket, prime rib, ribeye, smoked pork chop, fantail shrimp. All served with the baked potato, garlic toast, side salad, and dessert. Only from five to nine. I don't know. It doesn't say. Uh, that's because they're five jacking that one up. That's going to well, be I mean, more it's expensive. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But again, we're not eating shrimp and we're not eating Cajun in Iowa. In that part, in Moorhead, <laughs> Iowa. Where we're okay. Uh, Those are awful Careful menu. with your mayonnaise, people. You take one lesson here. Don't yes. be an Auburn booster and careful with the mayo and don't <laughs> take your dead uncle down to the pension line. <laughs> there, you know what? Rules to live by. We've, we've, we have provided people a lot Solving of problems here. around. Solving yeah. problems. We will be back later this week. We'll do some Super Bowl talk. We usually do stories of Super Bowl players. Remember that? Yep. Maybe we'll do that. Or who knows what the hell happened. Yeah, we still uh, got, we got, we got more Auburn saga to go. Yeah. To milk this for a while. Appreciate y'all listening, especially uh, into the off season. Please continue to get people to listen. We need you. Get your get your dead uncle to listen. <laughs> your uncle has died. Don't get the pension, but totally hit auto auto resubscribe yes. onto yes. his phone, and then bury it. And then, yeah, hopefully they'll go. We need everything we can get. Send us thank you for everything, and uh, we will talk to you later. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.